What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show. I am one of your hosts, Jared Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. Bonjourno. Bonjour For a second, well. I almost stumbled because I about said adios, and I was like, no, wait! <laughs> That's the end! <laughs> Don't zone out yet! We're just starting! <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, hello. Uh, how's it going? How's it's your... going all right. Um, obviously, Jared and I had a super fun time over the weekend, mm-hmm. pretending to be our BFF Angela for her birthday slash Halloween oh, party. So fun. We both got to wear luxurious red wigs. It was fantastic. We'll have to throw a picture up at the Discord. One of these was, days, we should, we should record a whole episode in the wigs. Oh. Yeah, that would actually be really funny. That would but be not good. mention it. Just do it. Don't bring it up. Yeah, just Don't act like it's not a it. thing. Act like nothing is happening. See how many people we With can gaslight around. into thinking that nothing happened. <laughs> it's a Mandela happened. effect. We've always had this hair. We've always had this hair. <laughs> Have you not noticed Jarrett's flowing red locks every I, time? Oh, I just love to rub my fingers through them, run my fingers through, just feel those long locks. My God. So my wig was, uh, they all are. They're all like super synthetic, right? Yeah. They're basically just polyester. Because we don't have money for real human hair wigs. Uh, so I was trying to braid mine before the Halloween party because I was going as hiking Angela and she's outdoorsy, so she needed a braid. Um, and I was trying to actually brush it with my own hairbrush at home. Oh, no. Impossible. Now do you have a bunch of red it, hair in your Now I brush? have just chunks of like red plastic <laughs> threads t- all tangled up everywhere. Man, don't try to brush your wig. Just don't shake do it. it out. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know how you can maintain them, but don't try a hairbrush. <laughs> There you go, folks. You thought you were coming for video game fun today, but instead, instead you got wig up. Sweet wig tips. <laughs> wig tips with Mogan. Yeah. Uh, but along with the wig tips, you can also, like I said, we talk about games here on Team Chat Podcast, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. And you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You can also watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. Links for all that are in the description below, where you'll also find links to our social media, where you can follow us at Facebook. Instagram threads, and you can also join our discord server. See the picture of us in the red wigs. It's a great time. And, uh, in, and all that good stuff. I threw in something new and that kind of threw me off a bit, yeah. but I'm just going to keep Jeez, right on Jared. through with this roll <laughs> on here to our Patreon. Where? If you've come and hung out with us and you're like, man, I love this show. I'd love to make it bigger and better. Well, you can do that by going to patreoncom slash team chat podcast, where you can for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show, and in return, we'll give you cool perks like getting access to the episodes before their general Thursday release, uh, access to a private channel on the Discord server, the Rogues Gallery, and a lot of great, good, extra goodies along the way. Uh, but those cool people supporting us over on Patreon are Ark, Super Saiyan Ace, Erica L, Elise S, Elise F, excuse me, Zach S, Susan M, James K, Michael B, Andrew M, Michael S, and Brandon W. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, like I said, that would be really, really cool. But if you can't, we totally understand. And there are a lot of other great, cool, free ways that you can support the show, such as telling your friends, writing us reviews, or uh, following and subscribing wherever you listen to or watch the show. Comments. Comments, too. We love those comments. We also have an email address that we forget to tell you about. Oh, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it's teamchatpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions. Send us your comments. Send us your feedback. We would love to hear from you. Uh, but before we get into the main topic of the day, ladies and gentlemen, it is back. It's back. It's after time so for... long. It's time for the moment with Mogan. We thought nobody gave a fuck about this segment, so it's time And apparently doing everyone it. has been missing and it. And apparently people actually kind of miss it. So we'll do a nice quick one, uh, just like the good old fashioned day. So we're going to bra- backtrack just briefly to, in case you missed it, Marvel's Spider-Man 2 ah. is out now for PlayStation 5, only PlayStation five right now quick quick aside on that one sorry i just saw today today is october 23rd we're recording this it is the fastest selling playstation studios game wow really of all time wow 
really? Yeah. <laughs> that seems kind of weird. <laughs> people are excited about the I, Spider-Man. I mean, I'm not surprised. I, I feel like it's probably, uh, people love those games, oh, but yeah. just, you know, as a non, a non-Spider fan. <laughs> I, I can't, you haven't been bit with no, the bug to play it yet? No, and, and also spiders aren't bugs, they're arachnids. I don't <laughs> care what they are. <laughs> that's right, you don't like they're them. They're devil creatures. <laughs> creatures okay anyways and then additionally a game i do actually care about in case you missed it coming out super mario bros wonder oh yep, yep, yep. is now out for the nintendo switch sam is actually out there in the living room right now playing it on her switch light and i'm so jealous Our first impressions yeah. coming soon yeah first impressions coming soon uh and then skipping ahead to the current times and the now as of this episode's air date on october 26th dave the diver is out for the nintendo switch frog detective the entire mystery is out for PlayStation, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. A Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord uh, game is out for PlayStation VR 2 and The Quest. Uh, That'll care, only one person we know will care about that, and his (laughs) name is Kirok. Ghost Runner 2 is out for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. Can't wait to rage quit that one. Slash rage never started. It looks beautiful. It but does. Oh my god! Jared's been telling me about the how first. Just, yeah, the first Ghost Runner was looked beautiful and ran beautifully and was in like should have been. I understand why people love it. It was not for me. It was way too difficult, and I got so I think, mad. Um, I think Father Mike loves. Yeah, yeah just Mike plays loves uh, Ghost Runner. So I guess he's a bit better of a gamer. Than he's you. A, you know what? I, I will tip my hat. Game <laughs> game recognizes game. Uh, a game that I'm actually really interested in, but don't want to play on the Switch. Minako's Night Market, which is like a kind of a cozy-ish, very yeah. fall vibes. Um, I don't necessarily want to call it a farming sim because I don't think that's all there is to it. It's more like a, a life sim. Cozy it's a sim? Life, yeah, cozy sim game. Uh, Minako's Night Market is coming to PlayStation 5, PS4, and Xbox One uh, today as well, October 26th. Pro tip, I have watched reviews about Minako's Night Market specifically for the Switch, and it is apparently dreadfully Switch optimized. Ooh. So this is one of so those games where way. play it on any platform that isn't the Switch. So that's important to note. Uh, World of Horror is out for PS5, PS4, and Switch. Alan Wake 2, yeah. a game people actually care about, is coming out for the PS5, Xbox, Xbox Series X and S, and PC tomorrow on the 27th. A game no one gives a flying fuck about. <laughs> EA Sports, it's in the game UFC Five is up for PS5, Xbox Series X, and S tomorrow as well. Resident Evil Village is getting Ooh. an iOS port. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> like, have you seen the stuff that apparently the the uh, the iPhone 15 can like run? Oh yeah, like full run games, crazy like games. actually, like yeah, not like I mean. Yeah, not like, like the like mobile versions. High quality, you right. know, uh, heftier games than mobile is usually used to accommodating. Cool. Uh, but yeah, so Resi Village is out for iOS on October 30th, just in time for Halloween. Good nice. timing on their part. Uh, so That's how is I'm the. Play it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so is the uh, Resident Evil Village um, expansion, Winter's Expansion. So they're both Ooh. coming to iOS on the 30th. Jusant, oh, which is actually a game that I was kind of interested in. That name sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Jusant is coming for PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC on the 31st. So is the Forest Cathedral for PlayStation 5 only. And then getting us into the first week of November, Alien Hominid Invasion, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Switch, and PC comes out November 1st. Song of Nunu, a legend, a League of Legends story, uh, is out for all of the major platforms, including PS4 and Xbox One, on November 1st. So is... That's everything. 
Very cool. Don't want to get too far ahead. Awesome. Good uh, good crop of games coming out this week. Everything out now and coming soon. Very cool. Well, stick around to the end of the episode. I know we brought back Moment with Mogan, but stick around to the end of the episode where we will be bringing back Soundtrack Spotlight as well. So uh, the two old favorites, they're coming back. They're coming back home where they should be. But it is time, though, before we get to those wonderful tunes, to to not listen, not yet. I'm getting ahead of myself, getting too excited for it. Uh, But while you get to listen to my review (laughs) or first impressions of Assassin's Creed Mirage. Exciting. It is exciting. Mostly exciting for me because I just know that I will never in my life play an Assassin's Creed game. So... But you say you, that. You, you think this is going to be the one, Jared? I'm going to tr- try to make this... Well, maybe it's for my full review. Did you customize your marketing pitch to specifically <laughs> go after the demographic that is me? No, Well, no, because you, you've been saying you would have played Horizon Zero Dawn had, had I sold it better. That's true. That's and this true. is a game that I kind of think, especially with your love of being stealthy and sneaky you're going to be about. Okay. So let's go in with an open mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, sucker. <laughs> we'll see. She's already like, no, I'm zoning no, so, out. I'm so not ready to I'm listen. actually already, so we, we briefly talked about this before. The I'm not necessarily interested in Assassin's Creed sure. Mirage at all, but it does already have the slightest of hooks in me because of the actress who voices one of the characters. Oh, uh, uh, Shorey. Roshan. Yes. Roshan yeah, is the yeah. character. Uh, and she's awesome. She's the woman from The Expanse who plays one of like Earth's politicians, and she is such an incredible bitch. It's, she's just the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, again, and, and Roshan fulfills, in the game, fulfills your need of old grandma characters. Everybody loves a sexy old grandma character. Hell yeah. So it's got a sexy old grandma, and it's got a voice actor, well, an actress that I really love, and her voice is incredible, is. so I can't imagine that she's botching the job. So if there are perhaps kitty cats? Maybe we yes, start. there okay, are actually. Let's start there. Is <laughs> there that are kitty notes? cats you can pick up and pet them. Okay, and enough. there you go. Do, so, they, do they get to wear little backpacks and follow you around mm, like no, a stray? Unfortunately, not. Unplayable. Don't get garbage. to have that. <laughs> <laughs> Zero out of ten. Oh man! So Assassin's Creed Mirage came out at actually the beginning of October. Uh, so a little later, getting to the first impressions of this one. I've have about ten hours in the game so far. And I, and um, for those who don't know, this is one takes place. You're playing as Basim, who is a character who was introduced in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And so this is kind of like his backstory. So it's somewhat of a prequel in a sense. But unlike the post, the last three games that have been in the Assassin's Creed franchise, uh, Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, this game is way, way pared back. It's so much smaller. It's a contained story? It's a contained story. Uh, Because even though I loved Valhalla and I spent a lot of time in Valhalla, I have uh, bemoaned how just out of place, out of order, the whole story of it felt. I played so much of the game thinking I had to do all this stuff and then realized that there were only, like, free so many of these territories or regions of, of England and just ultimately got to the end of the game and realized, half of what I did to get to the end of the campaign, I did not need to do. Sprawling and it was just kind of way. all all over the place. So yeah, a little sprawling in yeah. a bad way. But with Mirage, they Ubisoft said that this one was going to be a return to form, a tr- which I was kind of like, we've heard that before. Yeah, you say that every time. I re- and then I, every I, because time. they... they <laughs> Promote it as like a, as a benefit, as a plus for these games every time. And so I, I always see it and I get my hopes up. But then, true enough, this one does seem like it actually is a return to the original Assassin's Creed formula, which I say is a breath of fresh air. Because while I do uh, love certain parts of Origins Valhalla, those uh, that trilogy of games, 
this does, and as I'm playing through Assassin's Creed Mirage, remind me of a lot of what really sold me and made me fall in love with this series in the first place, which isn't necessarily the gameplay of it. Uh, it's more the setting. It's more of like the, uh, well, and this is kind of somewhat true with all of them, but when they kind of started branching out more into the like deeper lore, mythology, uh, characters becoming, uh, slight spoilers for Valhalla, uh, like, reincarnated versions of gods like it starts oh like kind of like going <laughs> getting a little getting crazy a little out of control whereas the very first game starts as you are altair and you are a member of the assassins fighting the templars during the crusades and it like and then it does like yes build into the more expanded lore of like the ancient uh, civilization who like created the created the world or used to be on earth and stuff like that uh, the story of Desmond Miles. There is some like stuff there, but it still was very contained in that. Like, and you access the machine, the animus that put you into this, mm. your memories of an ancestor. In this case, Altair was Desmond's ancestor. And then you're like, are exploring this, this, uh, this older world. And that's what I loved. I loved in the first Assassin's Creed that you were basically in just like Damascus. You could go to a few other cities surrounding and then like the assassins headquarters and stuff like that. But for the majority of the game, you were in Damascus. You were in Damascus. And so it was all about like exploring this big city. And so this game takes it back to those roots. Nice. As a Basim, you are playing as him, as him growing up or living in 9th century Baghdad. Ooh, 9th century would be the... Uh, do, help me out with years. Oh, that's I a always, very, I that always, the <laughs> 9th century? I, I, isn't isn't it like a, it's like a year off, right? Yeah, like, it's like the 9th century is actually the 800s the, okay, or something so like that. Okay, so we're in the 21st century, but we're technically in the 2000s. So if it's the 9th century, it would be the 800s, right? I'm looking. 800 to 980, right on, right on. Uh, So, man, you don't often think about like the pre-double digits centuries. Yeah, like like the 800s. I can't even conceive of that. Right, and the fact that it's 80, not. BC like at least that, when like, people say oh you know the 1700s it's like yeah, yeah those numbers a, sound right yeah. <laughs> that's why I had to like go back and think it even when I said it I was like yeah I don't know what year that is but <laughs> if someone had said 18th century I would have been like oh 1776 or whatever <laughs> but like 9th century when the fuck was right. that no one's thinking about that no one knows <laughs> so it's really cool also because you know as a dumb American, it's cool to like get to like get to experience the like history of these areas that, to be quite honest and fair, you were growing up taught are not great places no, to be. No, we get such a bad view of I mean anything to do with the Middle East, present or past. Yeah. we either don't get any information at all, which is more my experience. Mm-hmm. We didn't learn shit about those places in the world or their history. Or you learned about them through the eyes of the Crusades, or like you know, and which that might, like, that might have been an Oklahoma thing. <laughs> they didn't really teach I us mean, about. The I just mean, like, like it's, it's usually it's usually you learn about them whenever a European war, of, uh, like like when the cultures clash, when the cultures like clash, when the Christian you, Eurocentric like the, Anglo-Saxon yeah. view collides with the other places in the exactly. world that also exist and have rich histories. Exactly, I see exactly what you're saying. So that's what I mean. So it's like so it's so that's what I love. One of the things right off the bat that I love about this game, you are getting to see like Baghdad. It's super vibrant. The palaces, the temples, like the colors, everything is just all right there. And it's, you know, and like what other Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed games have started doing with their discovery tours, Ooh, this one... But the only part of these games that has ever sounded interesting which to me. They're really cool, because you just like get to walk around in the game. It's not story. There's no combat, any of that stuff. You're just going around purely to get to explore these ancient world, these Fantastic. ancient lands and stuff. It's so cool. Uh, I think they started that maybe with Origins, the one set in ancient Egypt. Also very cool for that reason. I the setting was fantastic oh, yes, in that game. Yes, yes. Um, but, so... 
as opposed to what seems to be a standalone discovery mode, they somewhat incorporated it a little bit in this game where there are historical markers you can interact with. It's a, it's a thing on your map. It's part getting them as part of completion, completing an area. If you're going for a completionist run and every time you do, it opens, unlocks a codex entry that you go to and like a substantial amount of history on that specific location or place, like the gates outside the city, uh, the large palace in the, in the middle of the city. Just so, like the scanning visor for Metroid Prime. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. See, it's all connected. It's, it's, all, all, coming, all, coming it's all coming together. <laughs> so I just, for the history of it, immediately being set in, and, and I mean, to be fair, that's what I liked about uh, Valhalla 2, same with Origins. I always just love the settings of these games because for their faults, they do have a very great way of like throwing you into the history and getting that experience, which I love. I also, side note, have been uh, listening to, because I feel like I need to educate myself more on these things, have been listening to a podcast series, uh, Fall, of the, Fall of Civilizations, Ooh, and uh, I'm listening to one right now about Carthage and the Phoenicians. Ooh. It's fantastic so far, but each episode's like three hours long. Oh my it's the full history. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I was telling Sam this. I was like, this is why I love like these history games like this. Cause I'm sitting here listening to this, to this podcast about Carthage. And all I wanted to do was start a game of Civ and play as the Phoenicians. Cause oh you God. can, yeah, because yeah. you know? And so it just like helps. I don't know. It just helps make the history feel more real, yeah, feel more I alive. Mean, obviously abstraction is so hard when it comes to, especially the really ancient histories right. where like not a lot of their, their, their art has been preserved, for example, or it was just a time in humanity where we didn't quite have Renaissance painting levels of art. Or we hadn't made of history where everybody yet. was like, I'm just going to destroy whatever this dude left behind. It's <laughs> like, well, we got, we took over and we don't really like your sculptures. So exactly. Fuck these, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so that part awesome. in and of itself, just returning to the setting, I know, because like I said, the original game, Assassin's Creed 1, took place in like Damascus, Syria. This game is now in in, uh, in Baghdad. Uh, so it's just very cool to like have that same that same feel to everything and kind of like that feel of return to nostalgic. There's also a filter you can turn on in the settings of the game that make the color profile and art, uh, the color profiles match that of the original game. Because the original game oh. had a very like, dull blue overtones to everything huh. and you can turn and this one I would say looks more like just natural light what you would do but you could turn on this filter to make it look like Assassin's Creed 1 that's so I was pretty like, funny dang that's pretty cool um, is it just called the Assassin's Creed 1 filter I think so oh, that's AC, hilarious AC 1 or something <laughs> like that really or maybe funny. it's called like Altair I actually haven't like I've just seen it but I haven't gone to turn it on in the yeah, game because I wanted gotcha. to play the game like as it was first intended before I started I messing around with that um, so a quick intro to the story here, not going to go super far into it or give a lot of spoilers, but uh, just a quick intro here. So you're starting off as a thief, living as a thief kind of, or like a st uh, in uh, in Baghdad. You're part of like a group who, who like all kind of like are a community together. You're, there's this one main head guy, Dervis, I believe is his name, and he kind of is like your, you know, will give you jobs to go try to get things from other people or, you know, left, right and stuff like that. You, through your connections in the city and stuff like that, you're aware of the hidden ones, the ones who are the, the assassins, the, uh, the Assassin's Creed at, at this point, because you are not currently in the order. Right. And, but you know, like, kind of what they're about, kind of what they stand for, and you're just kind of like, I kind of already live in shadows. I want to live in shadows working for them, though. So how do I, <laughs> I do that? I could live in shadows with friends. Exactly. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> so to do that, you hear them talking about, you overhear uh, one of their, I think Roshan, actually, uh, talking to Dervis about an upcoming thing that they need or like something they're wanting to steal, and Basim takes it upon himself to go steal that item. Well, he succeeds, but shit goes sideways. Ooh. And as a result uh, of a lot of his community, of 
that he lives and works with are killed. And so he's like, well, I've got nothing holding me here now. I might as well go join the assassins because they did take notice. Like, I mean, you did get this thing for us still. (laughs) And so, you know, you go to you go off. But it turns out that that item that you stole is something that the uh, the Templars or the ancient the Order of the Ancients is are looking for. And they are like the sworn enemy of the assassins and stuff like that. So you realize there's some deeper thing going on at play. There's some reason why the order of the agents are focusing on Baghdad right now and why they are trying to like set this up as a, as some kind of like base of operations, take over the city, you know, run it from the shadows, whatever. And so as you train with the assassins, you eventually go back to Baghdad to try to uncover the mystery. And that's sort of where the game takes place. Nice. Um, so straight off though, let's talk about some co- pros and cons. Pros let's talk about this game, talk about what I like, what I like and what I don't like about cat it. Cat of cons, no cats with backpacks. <laughs> <laughs> Number Pro, one on the list. Petable cats. Petable so cat. that's great. <laughs> We're uh, already at a nice neutral zero. <laughs> <laughs> I've act- I did already touch on a couple of my pros, such like the uh, the smaller size of the game. It is like I want to say, from what if I remember correctly from what I read, like it's about a twenty hour game. So to it's, be clear, when we say smaller size than the previous ones, what that really means is, would you describe this game as being non open world? Y- yes, in the fact that it is like. Baghdad and its surrounding areas. And I suppose what I mean by that is open world has a very specific present day connotation. Yes. So would you say that it's not like, you know, no, I mean like in the, in the map you can go anywhere. Mm. And so like, that's not necessarily, but like the boundaries of the map are much smaller. So that's smaller in itself. The story is more of a pared down uh, story and everything. Like I said, not near as expansive or like uh, stretched out like the Valhalla storyline was. And so I really do appreciate that. Uh, I do think, like I said, I believe it should be like all total around a 20-ish hour experience, I think. I think that's... A, so More you're actually if, halfway through. Uh, I've been doing a lot of messing around okay, on the side never mind. So <laughs> if I was straight-lining the story, yes. But I'm still actually fairly early in the story. So you don't feel like... So you're definitely not halfway through. Oh, no, 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 okay, no. Gotcha. Not, not yet. So I, fe- I actually think that I took... I actually... One of the last things I did was like the first official assassination okay. of someone. Who'd you kill? Oh, I'm not going to say because oh. I don't want to give it away. Because, can, can we just bleep it out? Well, because, A, I don't know their name. But B, <laughs> B, because that's actually one of the other parts of this of the game that I actually really like is that the whole uh, story is laid out as a series of investigations. So you'll get like, your missions will be like, go here, we're th- we think there's some information about a guy here or we think we might find some information. And so your mission is to go then find clues that will help eventually reveal the identity of the person you're needing to eliminate. So it's I kind like of... That. I like that investigation aspect. Yeah. That's fun. See? See? Okay. So, but it's like one mission might be getting clue number one. And then second mission is going to meet this person over here because they will give us more information about clue number two. Things might not be so streamlined and you'll have to A, like go raid a fort to steal... Uh, something from there or a prison to go free your clue as a prisoner in the, you know, and you have to go get, get them out. So there's a lot of stuff like that, but it's a fun way just to, you know, set up the story quests rather than, and just kind of like paint a picture of what's going and then draw the, you know, have the red pieces of string. Oh yeah. The conspiracy wall. (laughs) Exactly. Kind of like that to be like, Oh, this is how it all comes together. (laughs) So I really like that aspect too of it. Uh, Outside of the size, sorry, just getting back to my notes. Which um, he took a lot of notes, actually. See, so, yeah, that's, that's more, that's that's more, more than I've on. seen you, either of us write in a long time. <laughs> uh, let's see. Like I said, I enjoy the location, uh, the priority on stealth, and this is where I feel like the game really does okay. hold true to its promise of 
this is going back to basics of Assassin's Creed. I'm going to really listen. I'm going I'm to focus. Because it really is, stealth is the way you got to go. If you try to like bust out and just like run up to somewhere and attack guards and stuff like that, you're going to have a bad time. More of them will overwhelm you. You don't really have a good, um, like, at least where I'm at in this stage, you can't really handle more than like one or two guards or you get overwhelmed. So not a lot of crowd control. Not a lot of crowd control. Uh, I know eventually I should be able to get like smoke bombs, stuff to like do cause diversions and things like that. Just not up to that point yet. So... Right now, it's like you do have to focus on being sneaky. I've infiltrated so many like palaces and forts, prisons and stuff like that already. But each one, you have to just take it. You have to go slow. You have to use your eagle vision, which is an ability that's throughout all the games that kind of like highlights enemies, possible objectives. You also have your eagle, which you can go up to the sky to get an overhead view to kind of like tag enemies and just kind of get a layout of the land. But yeah, if you mess up, you can sometimes recover, but other times they're immediately running for an alarm and the whole garrison comes at you and you have to really, and then you have to just run, try to hide somewhere uh, or just die and restart if they get, if they get you too much. But it really is back to all of that. You want to be as sneaky as possible, which is a far cry difference from how Valhalla it could give two shits. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake, you were Vikings. Yeah. The Vikings are not known for their stealth tactics. Exactly. So, you know, I kind of feel like that. So especially Valhalla like, was the one where I was like, I don't really feel like I need to be, uh, you know, assassinating or trying to be stealthy. I, c- I could sneak up to people, sure, yeah. stab them with my hidden blade and get the, and get the no job done. But there was no incentive to do that. There was no incentive for that necessarily. Because honestly, because of how the combat system was in that game, it was more fun to just straight up fight. And so this one uh, takes it back to where, you know, you got your single hit assassinations on your big targets. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you don't have to, like, upgrade that ability to make that happen like you did in some of the other ones. So it really is on, like, getting your tools, making sure you have some, like, health, throwing knives, understanding your environment to be like, ooh, can I throw a throwing knife? Cutting this rope, dropping mm. a huge deal of rocks or jars or pots on peop- on somebody and killing them or just causing a distraction so I can sneak around. Because a lot of times this is happening in a really public place. And if you just straight up knife a guard... People are going to notice. People are going to notice and kind of freak out. And they will freak out. They'll yell and scream and run and all that stuff. Then you have to run or they'll call guards and who will come attack you and stuff like that. So you, it really keeps you on your toes and looking all around. Like, it's taken me time. I'm also playing on a hard difficulty, on the harder difficulty, which means that there is like a shorter detection window. Mm. Uh, Pickpocketing is a little bit harder, different stuff like that. So I'm, I know that might influence it a little bit, but I'm loving that it's forcing me to be like, okay, I got to think about this. I can't just go in all willy nilly like I'm used to in Valhalla. I got to take my time. I got to plan my steps. I got to figure out the path to go. And if it fails, recreate my steps to try to get farther and farther along. And so I'm really enjoying that. Uh, I mentioned pickpocketing. That is kind of making return in. I don't remember in the first game if it was like you had to do like a quick time event to it or you just had to like walk up to somebody and try to like brush by them, steal their thing and just kind of keep going. This one you have to, you know, identify someone who can be pickpocketed, sometimes through Eagle Vision, sometimes just by walking close to them, the pickpocket, like, alert pops up. And you hit the button. It will then, like, you'll see an outline appear of, like, a, it's like a square on its ends, like, diamond shape. And then once it appears, like, a second after that, a moving bar, like, closes in on it, and you have to hit it right. But it is so tiny it's there's like no room for error on that and if you fail the person will be like whoa what are you doing and like call for guards and stuff like that and you got to run or you got to fight oh boy uh, 
since you're doing to have to do so much running and in, in, in hiding and stuff like that, there also are way more of the original hiding places like what were in the first Assassin's Creed. Sure, you got your hay bales, you've got uh, benches and stuff that you can sit down on, like you like to you could, blend in to with blend in with the environment and stuff like that. But there's I've also Hitman. I know, nice, I know how nice. to blend in. <laughs> uh, but there are also like rooftop. Um, oh, it's 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 like a pergola kind of thing. It's, it's not the right name, but it's like, you know, it's like a, a booth that has like curtains on the side of it and the stuff that are up on the, on the rooftops and you can like jump in and hide in one of those until people cross by and stuff like that. So it, I don't know, like granted, like I said, I'm fairly early on, but so far all of these things and as like uncovered new bits and, and like going through this, Oh, eavesdropping missions are back Ooh, for better or worse. I do enjoy gossip. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of times to like understand what, you know, you need to go to a location, but then you have to find someone who is like talking to someone else and you have to get to like a certain distance from them, listen to their conversation to get more information on what to do next. So it's, that's back. That was not in a ball at all. That took way too much time. That one actually, I don't think the eavesdropping has been in a, Assassin's Creed game for quite a while. So that is one of the older mechanics that they did wind up bringing back. Um, Who do you think in the boardroom at, who makes Assassin's Ubisoft. Creed? Ubisoft. Who do you think at Ubisoft was like, excuse me, like piping up from the very back, like, oh, I think we should bring back eavesdropping. What's that? We can't hear you. <laughs> it's like, that's my point exactly, sir. You're going to have to get closer. Secrecy. <laughs> Secrecy. <laughs> so oh, I've really boy. enjoyed seeing all these things come back. Um, I've talked about the combat a little bit. It is also pared down. In Valhalla, uh, Origins, Odyssey, like you would be doing insane amounts of damage. It would be showing damage numbers, going to health bars. You'd have like some combos and different things that you can work out. This one is so simple. It's you have R1 for a light attack. You hold R1. You'll do a heavier attack. You dodge with square. But it's, you know, you'll, you'll have an attack. They'll have like a bar that you can like break down until they'll like stagger. Then you can do a quick kill on them. Or you can do a parry. Oh, you can parry with L1. And so if you can do a good parry, then you can like kick them back by pressing triangle and to give yourself a little bit more room. But like I said, like they recover pretty quickly. Their hits do a lot of damage. You only have like two in, uh, two elixirs at the start. Uh, you can upgrade it. I know later on, uh, to like reheal yourself. You can also find things to eat among the world to like heal your health bar. And I don't think that has been in a game for a, a a few entries also. Um, but I will say it's different a little bit from, I think it was Assassin's Creed 2. If you got into like a good string in combat, you could get into like a kill frenzy where it like, it didn't matter what was coming. You just like hit the, like the kill button and you were just like stabbing people. Oh God. I, I have a screenshot of playing Assassin's Creed. I want to say Revelations, I think, uh, or Brotherhood of Ezio, the main character in that game standing in like in a, in a square and there are literally like 50 guard bodies around oh him God. because I was just like, yeah, I took him out. No big deal. Uh, this one doesn't have that, that. Like in the discord, if you can find I, it, I'll have to go back and find yeah. it. Um, but yeah, but like this one doesn't have like a kill chain like that, or at least that I've upgraded to yet at this point, uh, because there is a skill tree that you have to slowly advance through as you unlock skills, uh, skill points throughout the game. It's pretty it takes a minute to get a few of those skill points. It's not like you get them all super easy. I've been playing, like I said, I'm nine ish hours in at this point and I think I only have four skills. Uh, so you know, a little bit of, a little bit of time there because it's like the first round is, is like, these are all level one skills. They cost one skill point. Then it's like, Oh, all the next ones are already like two, three to get them. So it takes a little bit of time to, to level up and get those. Uh, one thing I also like about this game in contrast to 
the a few of the other versions is that there is crafting and like upgrading of your of your equipment, but it's different. Where is it's not like in Valhalla where you just had to be like scrounge around and find all the collect, the crafting things that you needed. Just go to and make the weapon. This time you have to find a couple different crafting materials, but then you also have to locate the schematic to make the upgrade. Huh. And these aren't just like things that you can buy at a shop. You have to go find them in like bigger chests and stuff like that that are hidden around the world. So it gotcha. like really encourages some exploration and, fi- and uh, finding out these things. I see. Uh, and so then once you get the schematic for the upgrade to a part that you have to already then have as well, then you can make this weapon and get, and get the, uh, any of the benefits that are within. Uh, also, in terms of exploration and things around that, there are a ton of collectibles, a ton of chests throughout the city that will give you either crafting materials, gold, or money, and stuff like that that you can have. One thing that's pretty new, uh, that is also new in this game, is that there are uh, different forms of currency that are like merchant coins, power coins, and there's one other one too. But you can use those. <laughs> it's like you can use it to like pay off a group of mercenaries to like cause a distraction for the guard, to, the guards to like help you, you know, gotcha. pull their attention away so you can do that. You can also have a merchant coin, which you can give to a merchant to make him make his uh, wares like 10% cheaper. Oh, you can also okay. use merchant coins to unlock certain chests that you find out in the world. Weird. And you can get those by either, by usually uh, by completing contracts, which are like the side quests of this game in your assassin's bureau uh headquarters there is a board that just has like a job board basically it's like here's all these different things uh which also i will say is another thing i liked kind of a nostalgic throwback is that you get you get to these uh to the bureau the very first time by like you travel on the rooftops to the specific location until you see like the assassin symbol on the on the roof, and then you can like oh, climb down into it fun. and stuff. That's so nice. it's and that's how it was in the original. And so it's just like, oh man, this feels just so good. Um, and so I've really enjoyed all those different parts of it. I just it's it's pared down, but there's still enough meat that it doesn't feel like it's empty. Yeah, you know. So I'm really enjoying all that stuff. Uh, entering bureaus from the roof, good stuff there. Contract side missions, plenty of collectibles. Oh. And one of the best cons that I was absolutely not, uh, not one cons, of the best pros, one of the best pros, <laughs> excuse me, one of the best pros for this game that I was not expecting. Ah, yes, the best worst thing about it. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. I was like, oh, I was shocked when I went to go buy the game. $50 for the base game. <gasps> On the PlayStation 5? Yeah. Oh my God. And that's it a full like, $20 less than standard full price. I know. Wow. And it wasn't in the deluxe edition, uh, which comes with like the soundtrack, digital art book and a couple like cosmetic things. Is only uh, sixty. That actually is a selling. Point. I'm shocked. That, uh, which I mean, and that's I gotta for the say, PS5. Yeah, it, it didn't say anything about it when I bought it that it was like a sale price, like launch weekend price. Nothing. It was. It's just fifty bucks. Did this one also release for PS4? Mm-hmm. Huh. See, and the only reason I, I I don't know necessarily why that would be. I think though maybe is because. I wonder if they they did that because there would be outcry maybe just in like the sheer size I mean, of Valhalla. People complained so much about the length of Resident Evil Village, and it's right. like, bitch, that's a quality game. Exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of like you know that's a weird conversation and slight argument that I don't necessarily agree with. Like if, if it's you know, but I of that like the size and length of the game determine the price, or whatever. But it's it's just like this one. I can understand how they were kind of like, okay, this is seventy dollar game for Valhalla <laughs> maybe we shouldn't make this one that is going to be considerably smaller and in less scale uh, maybe we shouldn't make this one a full on game but I said but I was so yeah I was shocked by that I was like hell yeah 50 bucks game on yeah only so, 50 bucks there you go same price for both PS5 and PS4 boom Damn. there you have it 
So yeah, you it's led pretty with cool, that. right? <laughs> I'm actually pretty interested. See, now. I told you. Yep, yep. I knew That's it. Fun. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Gotcha. Um, Mostly because I will say I actually am quite interested because a lot of what you've been saying in my mind, and this might be to my own detriment sure. because I feel like you know modern games can't live up to the past, but in my mind I'm populating in the feelings and memories associated with um, Dishonored. It sounds like Dishonored. Uh, yeah, I think it does. Like, Which I think the I same love. level. That's one of my favorite action. That's probably my favorite action stealth game, not including Nancy Drew, which is clearly action stealth. <laughs> but um, the other ones. No, I want to say that, yeah. I think based on that comparison alone, like obviously different setting, different feel. Yeah, of course. But it's, like, it's going to be very different. In terms of it being like when you need, it's not quite so on edge at all times like Dishonored is, but when you are in one of the areas like a high alert area, high secu- uh, high risk area, like you gotta be on. You can't really make a mistake. If you do make a mistake, you gotta be quick to fix it and hopefully that mistake doesn't lead to more mistakes, you know. So it's, and, um, but yeah, I think I think for the stealth aspect of it, you would like that it. That does actually bring up a question I have. Um, what's the POV? Is this first or a third person? Third person. Third person. Gotcha. Which I enjoy for stealth. I think, I think, um, I think in a bigger open world games like this, I do prefer a third person view. Mm. And so uh, there, oh yeah, there are also like cool new outfits and uniforms you can get. Like I've already like have a new a new drip, and it's really cool looking. Kind of like <laughs> it so kind of cool, looks more. Jared. I know, right? <laughs> what next, bussin? Yeah, this game's bussin. That's my review. No cap. <laughs> no cap, bussin. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Um, but so those are some of the pros of the game that I've had. Like I said, I'm only nine, 10 hours in, so there's still a little bit more of the game to be played. Um, while that that 15 to 20 hour completion time is for the main story, there's obviously a lot of side activities to do with all the different side contracts, <coughs> uh, just general collectibles and exploration that you can do. Each uh, territory within Baghdad or, or district within Baghdad, I guess, has like its own list of things that you have to accomplish to get full completion for that area. Uh Pet all so the cats. Was, yeah, pet all the cats. Yep. Pickpocket all everybody. Uh, so it's a lot of a lot of great variety in terms of what you can do. Uh, what you can do to explore the city. So I think it's already pulling me in so much. I'm I'm not gonna promise a platinum, but I'm definitely gonna not like try to not not get trophies. <laughs> so like at the end of the game, when I do finish, I'll be like, ah, we'll just see how it? many you could have left. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I'm I am having a lot of good fun going around and exploring all the different areas. And obviously it's probably got to be way easier to platinum the game that isn't 80 hours commitment, yeah. right? Well, and too, I don't think, unlike the first Assassin's Creed, there were these, fe- no, there's flags in the first Assassin's Creed, feathers in the Assassin's Creed 2, that you would have to collect, and that was part of like getting 100% completion, but there were like 100 of them. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and Damn. The, so far it does not seem like that is, <laughs> that is a collectible you have to uh, measure up to or uh, compare to in this game. The one con that's the biggest one so far, in cutscenes and in like, if you walk up to someone on the street and just start talking to them and like, I'm not talking like a random NPC. I'm talking main characters. The animation like facial is not good. Not great. It's, it looks a, a few years old. Uh, well, so define a few years old. Is that like Mass Effect Andromeda bad? No, okay. not like that. But it is like there, there's just not a lot of emotion in their faces. Oh, and I feel okay. like, especially after where you've gotten games, like Horizon Forbidden Forbidden West, for example. Yeah. Like yeah. I thought that game was like the you could talk to a random person in a village, or you're talking to the uh, main a main character companion, and like they were 
beautiful. Like, you know, you, were on you would PS4 see emotion and had some of the <laughs> I mean, when they worked, they worked beautifully. Oh, when really? they didn't work, they didn't work. Oh no. <laughs> well, okay. So in that there's like you could see like nuanced expression, emotion and faces and different stuff. This one is just flat. Oh, that's unfortunate. And sometimes even like the voice acting doesn't necessarily like convey the emotion that you think it should either. So sometimes that just feels a little flat. It's a little stilted. A little stilted. Granted, that's not, it's fine because it's in that sense. The actual, like when you're out in, in the city of Baghdad playing, so good. Like the, the, uh, the parkour is very smooth. The running around, everything about the city looks and feels great. It's just when you're doing like cinematics, you're like cutscenes. even, well, I will say, Full on cinematic sections are better, but like a a uh, a quick little like cutscene, or you're just like you walk up to a, sh- a merchant in a shop and are talking to them. It's just kind of like, oh man, this this feels like it's like a, a few a little few years behind. I mean, which is surprising because Valhalla was it that way. Yeah. So it's kind of weird that that would somewhat revert. Remind me, does the Assassin's Creed team slash teams work on like a rotating schedule where one of them takes one game while one of the other teams takes the next game? I believe it is a rotating so schedule So like maybe that. that's part of why that But would you would be. think they would share assets. Maybe like they, they are like still a parent company. The <laughs> <laughs> or it could just be a case of turnover. You know, yeah. teams, the, the video game industry is brutal. There's a lot of churn there. Or, so. you know, also too, to hit that $50 price point. They uh, had to yeah, kind of like focus, so. you know, they, 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 they focused on areas that it would be more, that they, yeah. the development time would be better used. I would say it's probably would, the, is it, um, is, is it still in the same engine as Valhalla was? Good question. I'm not totally it, sure. I, feel I like, think it is. I feel like whenever weird shit like this happens, like between the same games of like relatively the same generation, I'm gonna look, cause now it's I'm gonna, often I'm going to be, problem. I'm curious. Yeah, Um, just some thoughts. My point is, even with that being said, I don't feel like Assassin's Creed, at least in my mind, is the kind of game where kind of janky facial animations are going to be a make or break deal for me. Yeah. and It sounds like it's pretty ignorable. And it's not. It's not a make or break deal for me. I was just kind of like after having come off of games like Jedi Survivor or even in the series Valhalla, I was kind of like. Oh, this kind of stands out a little bit. Yeah. And so, you know, not in not in the best way. I mean, anytime you notice something like that, it means that something has already gone wrong. Right. <laughs> so that's unfortunate, but so, not a deal breaker. Uh, so Valhalla was on Anvil Next and Anvil Next 2.0. Anvil Next. Uh, I've never even heard of it. Because I think they're Ubisoft. Oh, engines. they're proprietary? Yeah. They, they probably and definitely then, didn't switch to a different one than if it's yeah, proprietary. Yeah, Anvil Next. So yeah, it's the same engine. Huh, weird. So, I don't know. Little, just, uh, But I was also like, mm, okay. But again, not the end of the world because at the end of the day, I'm there to like walk the streets of Baghdad. Yeah, and, you're you know, not there to chit-chat with people. Exactly. You're so, there to kill. <laughs> I mean, there is the times, but I also, I'm also like, it's fine. It's whatever. I've played so many games where the, that have similar quality of, of this, and it was not a game-breaking experience I for have me. played the Nancy Drew games, and no, <laughs> no other game can have worse facial animations. They kind of feel like, I will say, it's like Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh-oh. And that game came out in 2014. Okay. Granted, Dragon Age Inquisition at the time I thought had fantastic facial animations. So it's like meet in the middle ground somewhere. Yeah, it's like, you know, fine. 2017, 2018. I mean, exactly uh, like you said, to get games that are more affordable and that are more contained experiences, that's fine. I don't yeah. care. But I so, can ignore that. Yeah. So not a huge thing, but I still just wanted to point it out because it did, it was like in the first scene, I was like, oh, yeah. Nope. I see it. Uh, very important question. Oh, no. Please. Oh, no. Go first. ahead. Uh, no, please. Go, oh, go. I was just going to say, like, not the greatest, but not game breaking by any means. Good. Uh, you haven't talked at all about the soundtrack yet. Oh, it's good. Uh, yeah. You got to tell me about that first of all who's the composer Ooh, you know what i haven't really listened to it yet uh because i 
because I wanted to, you know, as my current, my normal thing, wait until the uh, oh yeah, you the don't end of the to, game. Man, see, I always listen to the soundtrack first. Like, oh no, see, I like I love to play the game, experience the music in the game, and then go back after and listen to the soundtrack. Brendan Angelides. Angelides? God, I hope it's one of those two. <laughs> That's the best I've got. <laughs> nice. But what, uh, like the main theme of it, though? His profile picture looks like Inigo Montoya. Uh, uh, what's Inigo the? Montoya? Yeah. Doesn't that look like him, though? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> but no, the uh, of what I've heard, like the main menu theme, fantastic. Just has those Middle Eastern themes and everything that, that are just sound so good. It's a, as um, I am excited to hear when the, cause that is a, one of the things of the Assassin's Creed series that I am super always pumped about is to hear the new version of Ezio's family, which is like the no, oh, like main theme. Gotcha. Haven't quite heard it come through all the way yet. So I'm wait I'm waiting for that slash waiting for it just to be finished to go listen to it. I might have to break though my rule and go listen to it early because I love hearing those new versions. My favorite yeah. one, I think overall I mean, the original one from Assassin's Creed 2 is just so good. But I want to say my my runner-up is the Assassin's Creed Origins. Oh, okay. Ezio's family. So good. Nice. But no, soundtrack is fantastic as well. Um, but yeah, listen to my... Wait wait until I uh, complete the game to hear a more thorough review on the soundtrack, I would gotcha. say. But I mean, like I said, I'm only 10 hours in. I don't have a ton of stuff to say about it. So that really is the conclusion of my first impressions, I would say. Overall, I think it's a great time. I do think it hits the old notes of the of the previous games in all the right ways. Uh, I'm glad to have a more contained story that I don't mind uh, digging around doing all the side quests in because I, I know I don't have 80 more hours of story that I have to complete first. So it's a, it's a great time. I'm having a really good time with it. The Everything about it is coming together really well. And so hopefully that will hold true for the rest of my gameplay yeah. and I won't come back in the review and be like, well, shit turns. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm deleting my first impressions from the episodes because be the first I no episode longer stand by anything I say. <laughs> uh, well, I have to say that is probably the most compelling argument you've ever made for me personally. See, I had for to fine tune it. I had to fine tune yeah. the review. But now that could be, is Jarrett maliciously and intentionally leaving out information because oh. he knows I'll be displeased by it? I want people to enjoy the game. To be I seen. wouldn't recommend a game that I knew you would not enjoy. But I am quite interested, mostly by the stealth aspect, because obviously action stealth is one of my favorite genres of games, always yeah. has been, always will be, and when it's done really well, it is very fun and satisfying. Oh, yeah. And just, uh, like you said earlier, knowing that it's not a 50-plus hour experience is already like, I feel the pressure leave my body. Right? You're like, oh, it's I like, could oh, play that. thank God. I can just have a fun time with the game for once? That yeah. sounds like such a relief. Because if I handed you Valhalla and said, you're going to like this, you would... No. No. For starters, I would have been like, well, first of all, the Vikings don't have nearly enough kitty cats on their boats with them. <laughs> they have plenty how, of kitty cats of Valhalla that you How pet, else though, are they controlling say. the rats? <laughs> they need the boat cats. Well, that's the Black Plague for you, everyone. <laughs> Anyways, very good first impressions. I am certainly intrigued, and I will keep my eyes peeled for holiday sales. Very cool. Because if it's already only $50, things can I bet only, by Black Friday it'll get Things it'll can be only nice get better for price. Black Friday, yeah. so I'll keep my eyes open for it. Uh, and I am... I I will say the I am very excited since we do know that Basm is a character in uh, Valhalla. I'm excited to see the events of this game where it like how leads into each other and yeah. stuff like that. Gotcha. So all around, all in all, having a great time. But yeah, that concludes uh, my first impressions, which means <gasps> it's time for the return of soundtrack spotlight. Wow. So we're gonna do it a little bit different. 
from how we used to do it in the past, whereas we won't end officially the episode with it. We're going to uh, we're going to listen to it for a little bit here. Or oh, I'll tell you the hint. We'll play the snippet of the song, and then we'll talk about it a little bit, and then we'll send you on our way. On your way. Uh, again, just trying to like do the best we can to like navigate around the fair use laws and all that stuff. Um, but if you would like to partake in the soundtrack spotlight. Uh, competition contest, whatever you want to call it. I don't know why I tripped up on that word, but all you got to do is respond in our discord, comment wherever you're listening to or watching Instagram, the show. Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter. Gets to it first. Uh, the first person to correctly guess the game, not the necessarily the song title. If you know the song title, well, that's bonus points. But if you can guess the first person to correctly guess the game, will then get to submit a soundtrack for us to use in the next episode or in a future episode. Uh, and if you can't think of a hint for your game or your soundtrack that you're wanting to uh, spotlight, that's fine. Just, you know, we can yeah. always think of something. But if you do have a hint that you want to put out there, obviously that's ideal. Right. So, uh, so yeah. So hopefully this will be fun to have this back in the show, all that stuff. So without further ado, let's get into the first one. Ready. The hint for this week's soundtrack spotlight is this cover of an American folk song plays during the end credits of which game? Bringing the horror's witness during the game full circle. Bringing the horror's witness? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Right. Bring, so, it's, you know, it's a horror, scary game. Oh, gotcha, okay. This, the, the song, kind of like, it was, it was one that like, you just kind of like, as you're sitting there being like, oh shit, as you hear this song playing, because you're like, I saw some crazy shit. Oh, I see, I see. All and right, now see. this is really just making me think about it. Well, let's see if the song it. actually does make me think about the horrors. Let's do it. So there is our soundtrack spotlight for this week. Creepy. It is creepy. <laughs> it's pretty creepy, bro. Yeah, it's got like a lot of like like the classic horror like strings like yeah. like to like really raise that tension and, and I, everything. I like it when you can't tell if sort of like for lack of a better word the wailing noises. Yeah. If they're actually the wailing, being, that's the a better wailing, description of it. Like yeah. if those sounds are being created by instruments because in some of the cases of this song they're so distorted that it's hard to tell if it's being made by like an electronic source or right. is an acoustic source. So or vocals being yeah, like distorted. Vocals. So anyway, first person to guess the name of the game will get to choose the next soundtrack spotlight for next week. So we'll leave you with that, everyone, to think about and ponder before the next episode. But until then, everybody, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right, Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next time.